We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work at SB Nation and the Dream Shake. And before we actually get into a Rockets win, yes, I did say that right, a Rockets win on the day the Astros celebrate their world championship. I want to let my co-host introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on uh, primarily on Twitter at Vader underscore H-Town. Also on Instagram and TikTok, same thing, Vader underscore H-Town. Let's go. Vader, it's early in the morning, but I'm actually excited because the Rockets won a game last night, and the offense actually looked like a functional offense last night. 134 so points, baby. 134 <laughs> points. The Rockets won, the Astros celebrate championship, and the Cougs won their season opener. So, hey, by the way, congratulations to Kelvin Sampson. He's now won 700 games. So it was a good day for uh, Houston sports for once. So we'll definitely take that. Um so, of course, we're a Rockets podcast, so we're going to talk about the Rockets. Um, like you said, they scored 134 points, won 134 to 127. Uh, defense was optional last night, but when you're a Rockets fan, I don't think you really care how the Rockets win. You're just happy that they won a game. Uh, Jalen Green scored 34 points. I mean, he looked more in control than I've ever seen him um, ever on an offensive end. I mean, he just looked like he could pretty much do anything on the offensive side of the court. The Rockets were actually playing through Apper and Shangoon. So guess what? The offense actually looked like it could be an NBA offense. It's funny how that works out. Um, the Rockets were moving the ball. They had a season high in assists. Still had a ton of turnovers. But when you're making as many threes as the Rockets were making last night, the turnovers are kind of overshadowed by all the, the threes the Rockets were making. And the reason they were making that because Orlando is like the entire lineup is eight feet tall. And they're great at defending the basket. But as far as getting out on three-point shooters, that's exactly where you have to beat the Orlando Magic at is getting out on three-point shooters. Now, not to say that the defense was great because it wasn't last night. I mean, we all knew going in the Rockets weren't going to be able to stop them in the paint. I mean, Orlando pretty much got whatever they wanted inside the paint. But uh, I think it was an old saying that Matt Bull used to say that threes beat twos. So we saw that last night <laughs> in the Rockets win over the Orlando Magic. Um, another player that had a great game, another great game. I mean, he's had like a few in a row now is K.J. Martin. And it was funny how most people wanted to trade him before the season. People didn't even think he would be in the rotation. And now, honestly, I mean, if you're looking at it, he's been the Rockets' best small forward this entire uh, season so far. Um, he may go from almost getting traded to where he should be probably starting a lot of these games going you know, through the rest of the season. So what did you see from the Rockets last night? Um, or what did you see on the court that, that you thought was the biggest reason why they won last night? I think you touched on a lot of the, uh, the main things. I mean, Shangun, I mean, the, the offensive leap, leap that Shangun has taken this season has been kind of fun to watch because, you know, yeah. you know, as we all know, he started the season off the bench Um you know, I, I still think that was a good decision. I think it gave him an opportunity to get in there and kind of be the the focal point of the offense and kind of find his way. And then when he did have to be inserted back into the starting lineup, I think those guys respect his work. Um, I think, you know, now that he was out there and he was showing what he could do. I mean, they they should know. They they, they played with him last year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's a team full of young guys and, you know, they all are kind of trying to find their way. But I think Shingun is, is, you know, as young as he is, he's starting to establish himself as one of the uh, premier low post scorers in the NBA, which is kind of crazy to think about when you like look at how old he is. Um, when you look at the statistics of uh, the percentage of uh, as far as 
his percentile of, of scoring in the paint, post ups, and stuff like that. I mean, he he is in the upper echelon of guys already. Um, having him in there uh, and and, ju- and just running the offense through him at times, I think it gives them a hub. It gives them uh, something to kind of play off of, and, and it, it adds a, a little diversity to the offense. And I love to see it. Uh, secondly, Jalen Green. We 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 already know what Jalen Green can do. Um, you know, this guy has phenomenal athleticism. I mean, the sky's the limit. He just has to be consistent. The consistency yeah. has uh, been there this season so far. He has had, you know, several uh, really good games. But like you said, this game, it was just a little bit different. It, it kind of reminded me of that last preseason game that we played against Indiana where he just looked like a, a completely different uh, type of player out there. And you and you really got your hopes up that he was going to take a, a leap this year. And I think we saw some of that again last night against the Orlando Magic. He he really gets up for these matchups. Even going back to last year when he matched up with Kay Cunningham, um, you know, some of those other matchups with Evan Mobley, you know, some of those guys from his draft class, you could tell, like, he just brought a little <laughs> bit of juice yeah. to those matchups. And I think he brought that juice tonight because he was playing against Paulo and, you know, I think he and, you know, are kind of friends or whatnot and know each other. So he came into this game focused, and I like that. I like the fact that he likes to step up in, in, in these big moments. I think that bodes well for us in the future when we do have uh, games that actually mean something. Like, he, he doesn't shy away from, from the lights. And that's kind of what you want to have in, in a guy who you hope is going to be your preeminent scorer on your team. Um, his pace that he played with last night, the control he played with, I saw him, you know, not just running 100 miles per hour and, and just crashing into guys in the paint and, and hoping for the best. Um, I saw him pull the ball back out a few times and reset, you know, reset what he was doing and then attack. And that is what I've been really wanting to see from him. Just some diversity to his attack. Um, he got in. He, he pretty much got whatever he wanted. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he made every single two pointer that he took last night. Yeah, it was seven amazing. Seven. Uh, he was yeah. five, for, five for 11 from the three point line and he was seven for seven from inside the arc. So. He he just looked he looked special last night, and I I just hope this is something that he can build on and continue to like do for the remainder of the season because there there's nothing that he did last night that he cannot continue to do. You know, sometimes guys have a hot game and it's kind of an outlier game, and you're like, uh, you know, that's unsustainable. I don't think he really did anything that's unsustainable last night that he yeah. can't replicate in the future. Uh, what you said about KJ Martin was also spot spot on. Man, this guy looks like a lottery pick talent right now. <laughs> like he's yes. going out there. He's hitting three-pointers, which is kind of what, you know, that's kind of something that we uh, – it was kind of like a bugaboo, even though his percentages looked decent last season. But everybody's like, oh, well, nobody respects his his three-pointer. Uh, they better start respecting it. He, he's he's knocking down. He's taking it with confidence. And we all know what he can do on a fast break. When that man gets yeah. out there, like, he, he may be the only person on the team who can out-jump Jalen Green. <laughs> that guy yeah, he- is like – he has, has a quicker like jump. Yeah. Yes. And, it's, and, you know, it's, it's just like his dad, just like his dad. His dad was a phenomenal dunker. And, yeah. and you know, he passed that on down to his son because when KJ gets in the open court, you you always feel like something special is going to happen. He had some huge blocks uh, yesterday. Uh, like, I can't really say too much about KJ. Like, I, I – I didn't want him traded, but there's such a log jam at that position. When you look at Tate and you look at uh, Jabari coming in and you look at Eason and you're just wondering where the minutes are going to come, come from for all these guys. Well, we're, we're quick on that. So um, I, we're doing a shorter show today, but I, I want to get your opinion on that because I was just about to bring that up. So where do the minutes come from? Because, you know, we know how Silas loves Jay Sean Tate. We know this. We know they're not going to not play Jabari Smith. So... 
I mean, what do you personally, what do you want to see them do once Jay Sean Tate come back? Because Jay Sean Tate is getting closer to coming back. I mean, his ankle is getting better, and they will be playing him. So where do you think they should play him? I mean, is this a matter of maybe they need to expedite the Eric Gordon trade? That's exactly what I was going to say, Lashard. And, and nothing against Eric Gordon. Like, Eric Gordon has established himself. Like, he'll, he'll always uh, have a place in the hearts of Houston fans because he was a guy who yeah. showed up in the playoffs. He wasn't yeah. one of those guys we, we had to worry about what he was going to do when playoff games happen. He was he was consistent defensively and offensively. But, like, I want that man to, uh, you know, go somewhere where he can play for something. Like, right now, yeah. you know, he's on this team with, with all these young guys. And he's – I don't know what kind of presence he is. I won't pretend like I don't know. I know what kind of presence he is in the locker room, behind the scenes. But I, he, he doesn't really seem to be like a vocal leader on the floor. That's kind of not what he does. And it's yeah. kind of unfair to expect that from him at this stage of his career. Uh, so, you know, like I, I know he is contributing. I know he does a lot behind the scenes with these guys, but I think it's just time. Like it, it's just time. I think he's he's contributed as much as he can to these guys. He's imparted whatever knowledge he has to them. And I'd like to see him go to a contender. I mean, there's a lot of teams, you know, I don't want to name them all, but there's plenty of teams right now. That <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of teams who sustain injuries like the Suns, uh, the Sixers, like they could use a, a guy with Eric Gordon's talents. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, that that situation uh, kind of clears itself out. We even yeah. had like Gary, Gary Matthews at some point in time was getting minutes too, you know, and, and he, he sometimes plays at the position as well. So <laughs> yes. it's, it's, there's a log jam there for sure. And I think when Jay Shante comes back, we we know that um, Silas loves Jay Shante. He brings, you know, a, a grit to the game, you know, and he, he brings a lot of things to the game that obviously Silas likes. So he's going to play. He just got yeah. a new contract. He's not going to be on the bench. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's Eric Gordon. I think it has to be Eric Gordon. Yeah, which makes sense to me because, I mean, KJ KJ Martin brings something the Rockets don't get from anybody else. Maybe outside of um, Jabari is weak side shot blocking, which is huge for a team that doesn't really have a lot of shot blockers, um, especially at the center position. So, I mean, you got to get KJ Martin on the court. He's improving his three-point shooting from – uh, his first couple years. Um, he seems to always be around the ball, just like uh, Tari East and somebody else I want to talk about before we finish yeah, up. Um, I mean, K- KJ Martin is definitely the type of player that you want to keep in your team. You're not going to get value for him. He's a third-year player um, that was a late second-round pick. You're not going to get equal value for him, what he brings to your team. So you have to figure out a way to get him on the court, whether that's completely gluing Garrison Matthews to the bench or if that's Eliminate Eric Gordon minutes until you trade him because at some point you have to trade him before this trade deadline. You cannot let a whole nother season go by where you have Eric Gordon on the roster. And like you said, nothing against Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon has actually been one of the better Rockets in the last 10 years. And he um, had a really good game last night. So it's not yeah. like he's playing poorly and we're just like, we got to get this guy out of here. He had 19 yeah. points last night. Um, he, he contributed heavily to that win, but... You know, we, we have to get KJ on the floor. And, and one of the reasons I say that is because if you ever look at like our uh, the Houston Rockets top, you know, five man lineups, he's in most of them. Yeah, yeah, almost all of them. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I, I mean, like I said, at this point, I mean, you're still rebuilding. You're still trying to figure out what you have. You know what you got in Eric Gordon. I mean, I know you don't want to just trade him for anything, but at this point, it's not really about what you can get back for Eric Gordon. It's about moving him out of the way so you can give minutes to players like KJ Martin and Tari Eason. And speaking of Tari Eason, I mean, him and, hey, as much as we dogged out Knicks, Knicks hit a huge three yesterday, um, didn't hesitate 
took the shot, made it when the Orlando Magic were making a huge run. But Tariza, man, you could tell from the beginning of the game, he wanted to guard Bancaro. He made it a point to make sure he was the one guarding Bancaro. I remember it was one play late in the game where he had Bancaro out on the um, out on the wing. Bancaro tried to post him up. That didn't go anywhere. Tried to dribble past him. That didn't go anywhere. They had to take a fadeaway shot that didn't even hit the rim. And then, of course, we saw the one at the top of the key where Bancaro was trying to cross him over. That didn't work out too well for him. He stole the ball from him and then had the windmill dunk. I mean, that brings – and you can tell from the bench. I mean, that brings energy to the entire team. And the Rockets need as many of those type of players as they can because as great as they shot last night, it still was a close game because, unfortunately, they're still not stopping anybody on the offensive end, I mean, on the defensive end. So you need players like uh, Tari Eason, and that's the reason why you there's a place for a Jay Sean Tate because the Rockets need as many defensive dogs as they can get because you're not going to always shoot 24 for 48 from three-point range. I mean, as much as we would love to see it, uh, you're probably not shooting that against Toronto next game, so you're going to have to get some stops uh, against Toronto if you want to have any chance of winning. But, man, Tari Eason, man, what a find at number 17. You have to give it up to Rafael Stone and that whole scouting department because it was so many questions going into the draft about Tari Eason that us watching the game don't even see what these so-called you know scouts were talking about um, because he has a great feel for the game. Great on defensive end, still always around the basketball, and always makes plays even when the Rockets don't run any plays for him at all. I don't, I don't know if the Rockets ran a play for him this entire year, and yet he still makes an impact every single game. Yeah, it seems like uh, questioning Tariusen's basketball IQ is, is probably like one of the uh, <laughs> takes that that aged poorly, yes. most poorly out of a lot of the stuff that I heard pre-draft. Because like when he gets on the floor, man, he just knows what to do. Like it's, it's, uh, somebody said it's almost like his hands have magnets in it <laughs> for the basketball. Because the <laughs> yeah. basketball is always in his hands. They don't have to do anything special for him. He just ma- he makes things happen. And like you said, those were two of the things that really stuck out. It's almost like we we you and I right now, like a lot of the stuff that you are are, are bringing up are exactly some of the things that I want to, to touch on. Because like yeah. with KJ Martin and Antari Eason. Tari Eason like really did some like really great things defensively yesterday, and I love that. Like I, he and that's another guy. He needs to be on the floor more. He has not played. You know, there are yeah. some games where he's played like twelve minutes, and this is a guy who contributes to winning like in in almost every facet of the game. You know, steals, blocks, defense, uh, getting out on the break, hustle, like intangible things. And he has to he has to play more if we are actually going to be competitive. Um, he's also in a lot of those lineups that, that uh, perform really well, not surprisingly. Yeah. So, yeah, Tarisen has to play. That 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 still he got on Bancaro. Um, that was amazing. That was a, that, and yeah, and that was at a big part of the game. You know, they were trying to make that – that they were trying to finish off that comeback. You know, they, they kept getting close. We kept pulling away. That was a big steal. And um, it, like you said, the, the reaction from the bench, people know. Like, Tari's been playing against um, – against Bancaro since they were in high school. So, like, he's familiar with this game. And the fact that he takes on these type of matchups, I love that in him because, like, even in the in the summer, I don't know if you if you saw, but, like, when they were playing in some of those summer leagues, he wanted to guard LeBron James. LeBron yeah. James is a guy he he grew up idolizing, you know, and, and, you know, even though he still paid homage and he had respect for LeBron, he wanted to be able to guard him and, and shut him down. And a lot of guys – Paul George as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Paul George as well. So, it's, it's like – he just he just has he has it the it factory. We talk about it. 
he has it. You know, I don't know how, how good he's going to end up being, you know, as far as an offensive player, but um, I think he's already surpassed a lot of people's expectations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's all you can, that's all you can hope for when you draft to somebody. He's even making yeah. threes. Like, yeah. I mean, Which I, tops I, I, off I, I, everything I, else. You know, obviously <laughs> he's not going to shoot 50% on threes for the year, but like the fact that he is making them, you know, I think it, it bodes well. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can ask from a number 17 pick is somebody that comes in, makes an impact right away that you don't have to uh, run anything for, but they still go out there and they still change the game for the better for your team. I mean, that's all you can ask for for any draft pick. Um, What do you do when Fernando comes back? Because, like, I feel like Garuba has – Garuba has mm. carved out a little niche for himself and, you know, as far as being a hustle guy, rebounding guy, like doing those little things. I will say on Fernando, I know people forgot about Fernando, but when Fernando was in there, he was doing exactly what the Rockets wanted him to do. He was giving the screen assist. He was he was making the, the right plays on defense. None of them are going to be locked down post defenders. The Rockets don't have any of those. But if you go back and you just look at the numbers, when you're looking at, uh, like I said, screen assists, when you're looking at uh, just assists from centers overall, Fernando was giving them what exactly what they needed. It's just that they they – they really do, of course, want Garuba to kind of take that next step because, I mean, yeah, he was a late first-round pick, but he was a first-round pick. I mean, Fernando was somebody that they kind of just brought off a free agency. So at the end of the day, who did, who would they probably choose? They'd probably choose Garuba if Garuba just continues to play like he is now. I, I say if it's close, they're going to choose Garuba because they want to develop Garuba. I mean, they really like Fernando. I, don't, I mean, not to say they're going to cut Fernando or send him to the G League, but they may end up choosing Garuba or they may split the minutes and see who kind of works out the best at the end of the day. It may be a kind of a thing where they kind of go back and forth, depending on who's playing better, kind of like a running back in the NFL, whoever has a hot hand, they're going to kind of stick with that player. So I don't think it's kind of set in stone. I will say, I don't think Fernando's going to be starting when he comes back. Um, no, I think yeah, that, I think that ship's kind of sailed. <laughs> yeah, I think that ship's kind of sailed at this point. So yeah. I don't think we should worry about that, but we were kind of talking about draft picks a little bit earlier. We have to kind of talk about another draft pick. Um, I don't want people to overreact. And Frank, um, our, our buddy on, on Twitter, Frank, I know you know him well, you know, from Chop Shop. He made a really good point. He said that we shouldn't be comparing um, Jabari and Paolo because it's really about J- J- it's really about Paolo and Jalen Green because the Rockets aren't expecting Jabari Smith to be the number one guy. They're, they're expecting him to be better than he has been, but they're not expecting him to go out, run the offense, go out there, put up 30 points a game like like Paulo Bancaro is doing. They expect him to be the the defensive anchor eventually, to be the guy that makes the open shot, um, that makes plays, but they're not expecting him to be what Orlando needs Paulo Bancaro to be. And, and first off, man, Bancaro, he's even better than I thought he was. I'm not going to lie. I mean, to be this good this early – I mean, he's definitely going to be a, a star, maybe a superstar in this league. So I just want to get that out there now. Um, the Orlando, for them, they made the right decision because they didn't have a Jalen Green on their team. Uh, you know, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, I mean, they're all nice players, but none of them are going to be what Jalen Green's going to be or already is in the league. Yeah, and I made a comment, and I didn't mean this as a shot to Jabari at all, but I think that the fact that they pivoted on draft night I think they they avoided some generational slander because like if Paulo, you know, Jabari Jabari is a project right now. I you know, obviously he he came into the league with with two set skills as far as being able to defend 
and being able to shoot. So like, yeah, he, he he's not playing well right now, but I'm not too I'm not really too concerned about those things. No. But like you were saying, Paulo is looking like one of those. I don't want to I don't, I don't want to throw generational talent around, but he's definitely looking like an all star. So yeah. just imagining him coming in, you know, to whatever situation and 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 kind of looking like he looks now. And let's just say Jabari's just looking even, you know, even better than what he's looking right now for us. I, I think Orlando, they definitely made the right pick for what they needed. Um, I think once we finish putting the pieces together, as far as, you know, with the draft next year, I think the Jabari Smith pick is going to, I mean, we didn't even have an opportunity to draft Paulo. So like that's, that's kind of a moot point anyway, but I yeah, think South once we, we, yeah, so when, whoever we get out of this draft, because this draft, a lot of people don't realize, but this draft has it's Paulo's deep. in it. Not, and yeah. I don't mean Paulo's as in um, players that are, are like Paulo, Bancaro clones, but the, this draft has a lot of guys who need the ball in their hands in order to be uh, most effective who are going to probably be, you know, really high-scoring type of guys. So, you know, ha- adding another guy like that through the draft, and you have a Jabari Smith who, you know, he's going to be a high-level, you know, potentially elite. I don't want to throw a role player out because that sounds that sounds disrespectful and people take that <laughs> the wrong way, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they do. He's going to be a, a <laughs> crucial piece to the team. Uh, once all the pieces are, are fit together, I mean, he's just going to seamlessly be, a, you know, 6'10", 6'11 guy who can guard multiple positions, who's going to yeah. knock down three-pointers. Don't worry about his three-point shot, guys. It's, 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 it's coming. Um, yeah. he's, he's struggling. We're, we're not even, you know, we're not even, what, 10 games, 10, 12 games into the season right now. Like, those are just things that you should not be concerned about right now. Like, he has some things that obviously that he needs to get better at, but he's 19 years old, and we, we definitely have to remember that. And also, like I said, keep the big picture in mind because when you bring in another guy who needs the ball, I mean, you can't have Jalen Green needing the ball. You, with Kevin Porter Jr. needing the ball, Shingu needing the ball, Van Carroll needing the ball, and then whoever else is in this draft also needing the ball. You have to look at, like, roster fit and team construction. Yeah, Ban- that's but Ban Carroll wouldn't have been as good on this team. Not because he's not a good player as we see. He's he's already a good player. It's just that he doesn't he wouldn't have fit as well. You have Shane Goon, who you need to get the ball in his hand, like you said. You have Jalen, KPJ. You need you have other players that need the ball in their hands, and Ban Carroll wouldn't have been running the Rockets offense. I mean, no matter how good he is coming in, he wouldn't have been running the Rockets offense. So he's actually in a perfect spot for himself. And mm-hmm. it's funny you brought that up about um, Jabari and how he will fit better when the Rockets are better. Something I brought up last night and people kind of took it the wrong way was I said, it's, it's a kind of an example of he's not PJ Tucker. He's, he's, he's going to be better than PJ Tucker, at least the PJ Tucker we're seeing now. But PJ Tucker looked horrible with the Rockets this last year because the Rockets weren't winning. They weren't in the position to win. They weren't in the position to be a good team. And then he goes and he, he goes to Milwaukee and guess what? He looks like the type of player um, that Milwaukee needs on their team because Milwaukee was trying to win. And Jabari's the same way. Jabari's not going to go out there and put up 30 points and give you 10 assists and look good regardless of whether the Rockets win or lose. Jabari's going to look really good on a team that's competitive and a team that's actually competing for the playoffs because he he's going to fit that type of role, sort of like with Herb, uh, Herb Jones last year. Herb Jones wasn't going out there putting up spectacular numbers, but guess what? New Orleans was winning games, so all the defensive and all the intangibles that Herb Jones has were coming out more because they weren't getting beat by 30 points a game. So when when you're on a, a bad team and you're not a offensive hub like Jalen Green, your game is not going to stick out as much as Apollo Bancaro is on a really bad team. 
So I think people just need to just relax. It's like you said, it's early in the season. His shot will come back. Yes. And you could tell last night he was pressing. You could tell he really wanted to have a really good game. He was like trying stuff that he wasn't normally even trying in other games, trying to make, you know, bounce passes and things like that. That's just not in his repertoire yet. So you could tell he was really pressing last night. And that's another reason why he got in foul trouble early. So I think once he slows down and calms down and the season goes on and he kind of finds his spot with the Rockets and the Rockets have to get used to him as well, because when you have a player that's not handling the ball a lot, you have to find spots to where he's going to be best on the court. And the Rockets still haven't figured that out yet. So it's just a combination of things. I think he'll be fine. And like Coach Sally said, he couldn't even get out of bed a few days ago. So, I mean, that's another thing you have to factor in. Um, he's coming back from a, a, a major flu that he had um, to where he couldn't even do any type of basketball activities at all. And then he was flying to go play Orlando, a team that pass up on him, all the pressure that went into that. So I think he'll be perfectly fine. He'll, he'll have a better game next game. And then we'll be talking sort of like we were about Jalen Green last year where people were like jumping off a ship talking about Jalen Green. And now all of a sudden – you barely even hear people about Jalen Green because we see what type of player he is. And it's going to be the same thing with Jabari. Yeah. And let me be clear. I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy about the way he's playing. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he not, he didn't play. He played horrible last night. <laughs> Let's be honest. He's a top. <laughs> and, um, you know, I understand, you know, the, the uh, criticism and critique that he has received. However, yeah. like I said, um, he's going to be able to shoot. He's going to be able to defend. And I'm, I'm kind of excited that, I think he's going to put the work in. I, I saw like when Jalen Green struggled last year, um, he put in more work and he got better. And, you know, sometimes you don't come in and you don't, you're not used to the speed of the game. You're not used to where you're going to get your shots and opportunities from, you know, things like that. He was pressing, like you said last night, which was pretty obvious. Um, I think once he settles in and gets comfortable and get, you know, he's got, he's going to hit the court. He's going to get in the gym. He's going to try to figure out what he's not doing well. Yeah. And I think he, we will see, you know, you know, I don't want to put a timetable on it, but like I want to say probably by all-star break, I think we'll see a different Jabari. Like the Jabari we're seeing right now is not the Jabari that we are going to see at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. So, again, we neither one of us overreact to stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a long, long season. It's a process. So, yeah, he didn't play well last night. Let's just be honest. I mean, it. it the optics didn't look good for the Rockets last right. night, but like yeah. like you said, the Rockets didn't have a choice. It's not like the Rockets picked number one and they decided to go with Jabari over Paulo. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is on that. So, they just have to work through it and they'll be fine. I mean, the Rockets take on Toronto next. Um, no Pascal Siakam next game. So, hey, maybe the Rockets have a chance to get a, their first winning streak of the year. Um, so, we'll see how that works out on, uh, on Wednesday. Of course, there's no game today with the election. I won't tell you who to vote for. All I will say is Make sure you go vote. That's all I have to say on that topic. Uh, Vader, I appreciate you jumping on with me early, early this morning um, as we talk about uh, a raucous win for once. So I definitely appreciate that. Go Astros. We're a series champ, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey. No matter what else happened with the Rockets, one thing we can say is that we will be seeing a ring ceremony one way or another next year. So uh, we'll definitely oh, and, take and we that. Have to, like, when, when the Rockets win, we have to do the hat thing. I don't know if you've seen. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah like in 2017, you know, somebody dropped their hat. And then and they like, throw it up, yeah. And so they did it again. They did it again yesterday. You but know, by, so by, like, by the, the way, that win, was... it's a tradition now, guys. So any Houston team that wins a championship in the future – you know, get yourself to a, a parking garage. Do not fall out. Fall out. Like, Please don't. I, I say this. 
But we do um, not we do not condone anybody not hanging out of parking garages. <laughs> but you know, if, if you feel like you know you got decent equilibrium and balance, and you you're not going to like hurt yourself, yeah, let's do the hat thing. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a group of people, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do it once the Rockets win because like the Rockets are my favorite team. You know, I love yeah. I, I love all Houston sports. I love all the team. Shout out, like you said, to Kelvin Sampson. I think he's really turned that program around at UH. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. The Rockets, the Rockets are my favorite team by far. So like when the uh, when the Rockets win another championship, I may have to take a full week off of work. Like one day is not going to be enough for me. Yeah, and 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 also uh, I saw the one that they did yesterday. Man, that was a great second catch by the guy that threw it up, and it didn't. The guy above him didn't catch it, and he yeah, caught it on the yeah. on the. <laughs> hey, so. Hey, may, I mean, the Astros could always use a, a – well, you know what? The Astros have enough good players. The Texans could definitely use a receiver, so maybe they should look into probably hiring that guy that made that, that catch on the on the hat toss there. So uh, uh, we won't talk too much about the Texans. But, yeah, congratulations to the Astros, World Series champs. Um, we'll take all the positive good news here in Houston, and we're going to end it on there because we have – positive Rockets news that we just talked about and we will definitely take that uh, any day of the week. That's going to do it for today's show. We appreciate everybody that jumps on every week and watches us on YouTube, checks us out on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you join us for our next episode of Rocket Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. <laughs>